0: Many of us said to our maker, as we understood him, let's keep right as we understood him, It's Your God, not mine. I said to my God, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Leave me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help with thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. If you're listening to this, right, and you're feeling desperate, Right. You, can record, you can go back a few seconds and say that prayer with me. As I recite that, you think about it yourself. And, uh, and you know, when I say that prayer, I think to myself, like, I'm willing to have another experience. I'm willing to try something else. I'm willing to try to be a member of Alcoholics Anonymous.
1: Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast with your hosts, Michael L. and Lee M. On this show, we try to provide inspiration, through interviews with members of the recovery community. The show is not affiliated with any 12-step or recovery program, but you will hear them mentioned throughout the course of an interview. Today on the show, Chris P. from Reston, Virginia, returns. Chris is sharing on the concept of the keystone. Third step as, as the keystone, the archway through which we pass. Great conversation with Chris. Before we get to the episode, if you're listening on YouTube, can I ask for a thumbs up? Maybe subscribe so you don't miss an episode. you're listening on Apple Podcasts, can I ask you to give us a rating, a comment? Let us know what you think of the podcast. It's going to help us improve the show and expand our reach. We hope you enjoy this episode.
2: Good morning, Mike. How are you doing this morning?
1: I'm great, Lee. It's good to see you again. How are you?
2: I am great. It is March 14th. And what do we have in store for us today?
1: Well, we've got a return guest It's Chris P. from Leesburg, Virginia. Welcome to the show, Chris. It's good to have you back on. Thanks, Mike and Lee. Appreciate it. So, Chris, uh, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience in case they didn't catch your first episode, which I think was way back in January.
0: Sure. Uh, Chris Alcoholic from Leesburg, Virginia. And uh, I got sober when I was 16 in nineteen eighty nine and have been
1: sober ever since. Well it's great to have you back on. Uh we start the show in the same way every day. We ask the guests to read the reflection, and today we're talking about the keystone. Do you have that handy?
0: Do I have it right here, March fourteenth. The Keystone. He is the father and we are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arc through which we pass to freedom. Alcoholics Anonymous, page 62. A keystone is the wedge-shaped piece at the highest part of an arch that locks the other pieces in place. The other pieces are steps 1, 2, and 4 through 12. In one sense, this sounds like step 3 is the most important step that the other 11 depend on the third for support. In reality, however, step three is just one of 12. It is the keystone, but without 11 other stones to build the base and arms, keystone or not, there will be no arc. arch. Through daily working of all 12 steps, I find that triumphant arc waiting for me to pass through to another day of freedom.
1: Thanks for reading that, Chris. Um I like this passage and I like the um the concept of step 3 being this this archway that we step through to freedom. Um, tell me a little bit of how how that resonates with you.
0: Yeah this is, thank you Mike this is a great this is a great reading and and this this reading comes out of the third step in the big book and um, I, I read this for for a long time on a daily basis when, after, just after the, uh, what we read in meetings often, how it works when it gets to the ABCs, where just after that, it starts, this begins to talk about the third step. And probably my favorite part is that right before this, it talks about uh, so our troubles we think are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves and it begins to describe self will run riot. And it's, it's one of the first promises for me in, in the, uh, in the book, because what, it, what it means is that I don't need to wait for other people to actually make changes in my life. Things can begin to happen. Um, and I can begin to make some changes. And so as we get into this, this next part where the reading came out, tells us exactly how to go about kind of turning our will and life over to the care of God. And it says, first of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we had to, next we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director and it goes into that reading, um, which is, which is just, you know, just absolutely wonderful. And so for me, I, I can remember when back in 1989, I was, um, Early, early 90, I was laying on my, you know, I was living at home. I was totally depressed. Um, I was a teenage alcoholic. Um, alcohol and drugs was killing me. I'd been kicked out of school. I'd spent two years in drug rehab. Got out of that drug rehab with a couple, with, you know, almost 11 months of sobriety after being in there for almost two years. And so I, I knew I was going to, going to drink again. You know, I was totally depressed and I was laying on the floor of my parents' house and, and, uh, and I heard a voice and I was struggling because I knew self-will ran riot, right? And I knew that the decisions that I had been making were, uh, were killing me. I heard this voice and the voice said, if you focus on staying sober, Chris, I will take care of everything else. And I can remember feeling this peace come over me associated with you know kind of taking the third step right moving into the moving into the next realm of uh of, of sobriety and, and you know anyway step three has been a huge part of my life and it's been just you know having a uh, having a new director and having a new experience is fantastic
2: i think that's such a powerful story and for that kind of a message to come to someone so young in a way that, you know, you would listen to it is kind of miraculous if you think about it. In the reflection, it says, in one sense, this sounds like step three is the most important step and that all of the other steps really aren't as important as step three. I mean, it goes on to talk about that more, but what do you think about that? Do you think it's the most important step?
0: Uh, I, I don't. I do, think it's cri- I do think it's critical, but, you know, there's uh, all, the, all the steps are important. Right. we discuss that often. And in, uh, in the very beginning of there's a solution, as we talk about this keystone and, and, the, and there's a solution, it talks about the cement that binds us together as alcoholics. And so I come to realize that I'm not alone in step one and that I have a, a problem and I'm powerless over that. And then and then what I find what I like about these building things is that then the next in step two, it talks about the cornerstone. Uh, just having willingness in step two to believe in a power greater than ourselves is a cornerstone in which we can start to build this spiritual structure, right? Which back in 1989 was a far cry from anything I could have ever dreamed of. I was, you know, totally desperate just to get off of, uh, get off of alcohol and didn't see a solution to that. And so then as we, as we move into step three, uh, turning that over, you know, just just began to take hold. You know, just after that reading, it begins to. It actually says the third step prayer. If you all don't mind, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna recite it because so I think it's I think it's important to this to this reading. This is how it goes, and I've said this prayer many times, hundreds and hundreds of times. I've said this prayer on my knees, desperate, and I've said it not desperate. With my friends, the guys, I've sponsored in AA, and so this is this is where this is where it goes. Many of us said to our Maker as we understood Him, that's the that's key, right? As we understood Him, it's Your God, not mine. I said to my God, God, I offer myself to Thee to build with me and to do with me as Thou wilt. Leave me of the bondage of self that I may better do Thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help with Thy power. Thy love and thy way of life. May I do Thy will always. And so, if if you're listening to this, right, and you're feeling desperate, right, you can record you can go back a few seconds and say that prayer with me as I recite that. You think about it yourself. And uh, and you know, when I say that prayer, I think to myself, like I'm willing to have another experience. I'm willing to try something else. I'm willing to try to be a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Right? I'm willing to give my, uh, new AA sponsor a call. I'm willing to, if I don't have a sponsor and I've heard about, about getting a sponsor, I'm going to, I'm going to make a call. I'm going to reach out to the person in the meeting who I think has something that I want. And I'm going to ask them, Hey, will you sponsor me? It's about having a new experience.
1: Those are great suggestions, Chris especially for the newcomer. You were quite young when you experienced that, you know, hearing that voice, how long had you been separated from alcohol when you had that experience?
0: Uh, probably a year and a year and a few months, not long, but I've been doing step three. Yeah. i had been doing step three, uh, all along and trying and been praying on my knees every day. Um, you know, listening for, for, to hear something. And, you know, it talks in the reading about this walking through to the, uh, how does it say? It says, uh, I find that triumphant arc waiting for me to pass through another day of freedom. And I mean, how, how often have I had the craving to, to drink and use again? I mean, just all the time. Right. Over the last 30 plus years that I've been sober, many a days where I have felt the compulsion to, uh, to drink and use again. And when I'm, when I'm able to turn my will and my life over and hold steady, I walk through that pathway that they, that they've described to freedom, right? Because I haven't, I haven't put it in my mouth. You know, I didn't, I didn't succumb to the temptation, which is difficult.
2: How, does God remove your difficulties and you know can how does that work for you
0: so earlier in the reading of step three it actually talks about that uh that selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of our problem and that we we uh can't remove that on our own and uh so you know i can't I have found more success in allowing God to remove it f- from me and asking for it to be removed than I have by trying to force my uh, successes onto, uh, onto the situation at hand.
1: Something that was really essential in, in my recovery was getting to a point where I found the willingness to do some of these things, you know, reaching out and, and trusting in something that I didn't quite understand. It sounds like you were at that at that place as well, that jumping off point, what do you tell the newcomer that feels like maybe they haven't hit their bottom?
0: Well, that's I mean, that's a great question. Since I got sober young, uh, the second half of the big book has a whole list of stories that talk about uh, people where the bottom wasn't uh, a house on fire scenario. And so if you're new and trying to identify with uh, whether or not you're an alcoholic or not, uh, you know, there's some stories in the book that, that you could that you can read and, and try to relate to. The question, you know, is is on a daily basis. Am I willing to turn my will and my life over? So it's a, it's am I hitting bottom in the beginning, which is critical. Uh, but I've hit I've hit many bottoms over the over the years that I've been sober and uh, and come into very difficult times and. Uh, I gained some solace by reflecting back on when I did the third step and I turned my will and my life over as diligently as I possibly could and that I asked God to remove those difficulties from me. And then um, and then when I heard the voice, it said, I'll, you know, I'll take care of everything else. The life that I've been given in Alcoholics Anonymous, even through the hard times, has been absolutely spectacular you know, it's now time to be thankful for the opportunity to go through the struggles. Right. And to, uh, and to know that I am, I can do those hard things in AA and I can be sober and I can carry the message to my friends and I can be a good father, a son, a husband, but, but those things are, those things are absolutely important. I was laughing. I, I did a, uh, I did a video cast a a while back that talked about the and and I talked about the third step and I was reviewing that at some point here recently and and I said (laughs) and I said you know as I look back on things it has worked out and I said if you asked my parents as they looked back on my life they would also say it's worked out right that being a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and Following the 12 steps has been just absolutely fantastic because, you know, it looked like the road was going to be short for their son. That's for sure.
1: The program is so powerful. It certainly helped me with my main problem at the time that was was drinking, but it's also helped me with relationships. And it sounds like that's the case for you as well. How else has uh, has the program changed your life today? You know, I love this,
0: uh, at the, at the very end of, um, of a book in the, in the AA book of a chapter in the AA book is called A Vision for You. At the very end, it talks about trudging the road to happy destiny. And I was, I was talking with a friend uh, a few weeks ago and, and, you know, we were, I was, he, he was talking about needing help. And I said, well, when I, when I started, I also need help. And, uh, I said, we stand on each other's shoulders. You know, and uh, you know that's just a that's just absolutely a wonderful thing. And and so as we as we as we're not too cool to uh, to pray with one another and to uh, to walk with each other as we go through the difficult times, as we uh, you know experience life together. In AA meetings or, you know, in one-on-one conversations that we're having with one another as we walk down that road, as we trudge the road to happy destiny, the, the most wonderful things begin to happen, you know? And, uh, you know, I mean, it is a, fe- it is a fellowship in that, and that, uh, you know, having the camaraderie associated with, uh, with trying to better myself, uh, with God's help is, is, is critical. It's just, you know. I could, I could cry randomly about it. I mean, just the gratitude I feel in my heart about the, uh, about the friendships and the support.
1: Does that happen to you? Do you get choked up? I, I know it certainly happens to me. I was just talking with Lee about that today. You know, I, I just feel so moved. All the time, you know, <laughs>
0: all the time, I'm choked up a little bit. Right now, the, uh, you know if I cut something short, if, if I cut something short, you know, it's coming on, it's coming on, it's starting to come on. You know, the facts are, is that I'm filled with gratitude. You know, I was a desperate, I was a desperate, you know, alcoholic drug addict, kid, who, uh, who I knew I was going to be dead before I was 30. And, because uh, I, I was reckless. And, I, I was reckless in AA as well, but, uh, but I didn't have the drugs and alcohol clouding my mind. And so thank God I was spared some, some you know, some things that were happening, but, um, you know, it's just been, it's just been absolutely a wonderful ride. And, and, uh, and, you know, I got all these quirky things that I do that, uh, that I do out of habit now that I enforced back then. Right. And so, you know, I think it's important as I begin to try to have a new experience, some of the things that people said was, you know, if you normally brush your teeth with your uh, with your right hand, right, why don't you try brushing with your left hand for a minute just to get, just to have a different experience. If you normally put your pajamas on, at, you know, with your right foot forward, try doing it with your left foot so that you can begin to think about the willingness to have a totally different experience that if I'm used to uh, reacting quickly uh, about something, when somebody says something to me or, or offends me, uh, maybe I can just keep my mouth shut just for a minute so that I can uh, try to have a different experience. When my boss or wife or somebody says something that, you know, I don't, that I don't think it's appropriate. Maybe I just keep my mouth shut for a second so that I can try to have a different experience. And, um, uh, It's amazing that those little things really begin to add up, and small changes really compound. uh, Begin to have some good habits, like praying in the morning, and then you know, as things got better, and as I read the reading, it it also reminded me of this on page ninety-eight in the twelve and twelve right right before the uh, Saint Francis prayer. It says that prayer, meditation, and self-examination taken together uh, creates a what is it a, a solid foundation for life or something like that? That's what this does too right So that I, I start off with the, with the uh, with the third step but it, as, as you mentioned that the other steps right cre- help create that firm foundation for life that it describes which has been you know, just absolutely wonderful.
1: Have you always felt comfortable praying Chris? No
0: no um,
1: I was terminally cool.
0: <laughs> Which meant I would have rather, I'd have rather been on fire than prayed in front of somebody. And I had an experience when I was a, when I was an adolescent, you know, in a church setting that I felt moved for a particular situation and I couldn't raise my hand. And, uh, and I went into the bathroom by myself, shut the door and got on my knees at that point. And, I, you know, and then almost five years ago, I was, I was in a, uh, I started taking my. I began to take my children to church because I thought it was important for them. I continued to feel this need to uh, to raise my hand during worship, and I was. I couldn't do it. Um, I, you know, there was two thousand people in the sanctuary. Some of them had their hand raised. Some of them didn't. Nobody cared whether I had my hand raised or not. I couldn't raise my hand. I would rather burst into flames than raise my hand. And at some point, I. At the time, I was I was in a step study with a bunch of guys, and I was doing a we were doing a fourth step, and I, you know, and it had bothered me because I was unable to get, get outside my ego enough to to raise my hand. I was even in the back of the church; it wasn't like I was in the front, <laughs> wasn't in the front. I wasn't in the front of the church; I was in the very back. I told the guys after we had after we had gone through the you know fifth or sixth step, I said, "Hey, look, the next time I feel like I'm going to." that I feel moved to raise my hand in church. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to give you guys my work. We went around the room and they said, look, I don't care, Chris. I don't care if you raise your hand. Well, God, I mean, they, 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 they were totally ambivalent to any of that, right? But it was important. It was important to me. So the next time I was in church and felt this need to raise my hand, we have a band at church, and so they were playing a song, and and uh, it was a it was a it was a great song, and it was starting to uh, climax, if you will. Right, it was building, and I was feeling like raising my hand, and I had my hands as far into my pockets as I could go. I mean, they were almost they were almost in my socks. I have super long arms anywhere, and I'm six four like a 37 inch sleeve i mean my arms are super long anyway i got i got i got my hands totally down into my into my pants and i am feeling this calling if you will to raise my hand and i told my friends and they, hey that you know i was going to raise my hand like you know anyway <clears throat> i stepped back away from my wife she was in front of me i stepped back away from my wife and i just kind of slowly put my hand up you know like i'm gonna you guys, you guys can see it on the video, but anyway, I'm slowly putting my hand up, and I'll I'll just tell you this is my this is my experience. Uh, it felt like my hand had gone through the ceiling and had actually reached up into heaven, and the feeling I got that came over me was it was unbelievable. <laughs> you know, so, so then, not only do I have my hand up, I'm I'm crying, you know, which is which is, you know, just un, you know it, was, it was just absolutely incredible to feel. And that's just more example of, like, if I can get out of my own way, if I can just get out of my own way, then I can, I can experience the love that God has for me, which is deep.
2: Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the book tells us that we have a daily reprieve based on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. And you've been doing this for a long, long time.
0: Uh, the, uh, the, the daily practice is... Um, Starts off with, um, uh, usually a, um, I get on my knees in the morning and pray. That's what I do. So it starts off with a prayer. Um, it starts off with a, uh, uh oftentimes with an AA meeting. I like to do meetings early. I have a young family. And so I, I make time for AA in the morning so that I can, I can be with my family in the afternoon, and evening. And I spend a fair amount of time working the steps with other people and being available to, to do that. And when something bothers me, and when something bothers me, then I I generally take it to the four step. I'll write about what it is. We'll discuss it. We'll come up with a uh, with a solution, which usually involves prayer and uh, and some kind of other process to kind of work through whatever that difficulty is. Because for me, the the power to change comes from the higher power that it talks about in step two. And uh, and I can take my problem, if you will, whatever that is, and get released from that um, through, you know, working step four and finding out what it is, uh, admitting it to God, myself, to another human being in step five, figuring out what the, you know, what the de- defect is with the counteracting asset and then scripting a prayer that I begin to say in step seven that helps to alleviate that and uh, and I've just recently uh, uh, transitioned out of my out of my job and so I've been doing a lot I've been doing a lot of that recently so it's been it's been really
1: exciting is there anything else that you want to share with the, the audience before we wrap up
0: well, I really want to I really want to invite you if you if you haven't done step three, and, uh, and you don't have a sponsor. I, it's been wonderful for me to have done those things. If you haven't done it and, and you want to do it, go back to when, uh, when I read that, right? Quiet yourself down before, before we start and then just begin to say that prayer together and think about me saying it with you, being there with you as you go through it. If you have a sponsor and you want to, reach out to somebody else and reach out to them and you can have them do it. I'll tell you, doing it with somebody else is, it's uncomfortable. It feels uncomfortable to sit next to somebody and sometimes hold hands or not. It's, it's uncomfortable. But again, if I can get my ego out of the way, which wants to kill me, uh, then I can experience the love of God as it comes through and it comes
1: through. Getting sober is difficult. Getting sober in a pandemic is, is even harder, I think. And, you, know, you sharing today, you know, I think I think it's a it's a great way of providing you know some hope and some inspiration. So I uh, want to thank you for that. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having
0: me back on. I've,
2: Thanks for coming, Chris.
0: I've enjoyed it, I've, and I love to see you. Think uh, yeah. it's great to see you joining, the joining Mike on the uh, on the microphone and participating. It's, it's really it's just it's absolutely fantastic. You guys are doing a
1: lot of good. I appreciate it.
2: Thank you. So glad you came. Beautiful.
1: Thanks so much to Chris for stopping by, sharing his experience, strength, and hope. And thanks to you, the listeners. Truly appreciate your support. If you want to follow us online, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash daily reflection podcast, all one word. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Reflector. You can read about recovery on our online blog. It's at blog.dailyreflectionpodcast.com. We've got some new bloggers. Nan F., who shared on the podcast back on February 7th, A Path to Faith, has written an article. She's got another one in the works. There's some other authors getting ready to publish some more articles. Would love to see you there supporting them. That's at blog.dailyreflectionpodcast.com. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day.